This is the Caniac Report. I am Sam Wallace. And I am Sam Driscoll. And you know what? What? After a week off, I'm back. Yes, you are. All right, we are back with another episode of the Caniac Report. We hope you've had a great week. Uh, but for the Hurricanes, they had not had a great week after an 11-game point streak that has officially ended. It's officially well, ended, and they started another streak, a three-game losing streak. Fortunately, they did get a point in their most recent game, but that's still not, you know, one in, out of a possible six. Not good, especially when it's two Metro teams. Losing to Nashville, not the end of the world. That's a West Coast team, but, you know... But it's not just been all bad news. Just like I'm back this week, Max Pacioretty came back this week. And he's looked really good. Oh, he really has. Especially um, his uh, debut game against Nashville. I thought he was one of the best players out there. And I thought a lot of our players played well that game. It's just the defense and, and goaltending we had issues with. But we'll get to that game. So we'll get to some Canes news here first. And the biggest news, like Sam, you just talked about, is Max Pacioretty finally is in the lineup. And as we've seen these past couple games, the guy can shoot, the guy can score, and he's really going to, I think, help us in finishing some of these chances that we're getting. Yeah, I think so, too. He had two goals in the game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. He looked really good against Nashville. He had six shots. He looks at home on that power play unit on the um, one-timing side. Um, he had six shots, I believe, against Nashville, like I said. So, you know, he's looked really, really good, and I've been super impressed. Yes, I have been too. I think this is a player that we really were looking forward to see, and we're already seeing what the guy c- can do. Can't wait to see him in playoff action for us. Yeah, I'm hoping that that'll allow us to start finishing these chances um, because if Hurricanes fans don't know, we finished last in the league. We are last in the league when it comes to finishing um, expected chances for goals. We're we're last, period. Yeah, we're last. We're last. But we're like in the top five, I know, or top three in getting those chances, actually. So at some point they're going to go. So what I've, what I, what I believe it's interesting because to start the year, the first half of like the last three years, Carolina has scored a lot of goals in the first half of the seasons. Maybe in the first two thirds, then we trail off and then kind of non existent offense in the playoffs. My hope this time is that changes in. Um, when we come to the playoff time. I'm hoping now that we got Patch Ready back, he is an offensive juggernaut, we're going to turn into a uh, a goal-scoring machine for the second half of the season because New Jersey is the halfway mark. Yes, it is. And uh, just to give you guys a bit of a, road, a roadmap, this week we are going to be mainly covering uh, the games and all that type of stuff, like our usual episode. But next week, it might be next week or the week after, we will do um, mid-season grades. Because, Sam, if you remember, our very first episode, we did mid-season grades for these players. So it'll be fun to revisit that for this season. 
So another part of Kane's news we wanted to talk about was that Andrei Sveshnikov, this was announced during the Nashville game, is now part of the All-Star team. And now you guys, at least all of us Kane's fans, can now vote another Hurricane player in, possibly. And two players that I, that I have seen, Jordan Martinuk and Martin Netches. I think Netches deserves it more, though. I ironically don't think I voted for either of them. Really? You didn't uh, vote for either of them? I voted for Brent Burns, Sebastian Ajo, and Pyotr Kachetkov. Very interesting. I want Kachetkov in the All-Star game. I just, I think what he could bring, I think his entertainment value would be very high. So I would like to see Kachetkov there. Yeah, and you know, it would be very interesting to see him and Shesterkin, um being on the ice as teammates. Because those are two young, promising goaltenders. They're in almost the exact same position. Tristurkin's a bit older than Kachekov, but it'd be interesting to see those two on the ice as teammates. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think Sorokin's going to be the next goalie in, but um, I'd love to see Kachekov in. But um, I have no problem with Marty Natchez, but um, I gave it to Ajo and Burns, mainly because I'd like to see another defenseman and um, get in. So, And Burns isn't, you know... He's been an all-star before, so I like Burnsy, I like Aho, and I like Kachetkov. Yes, and Aho, he's been an all-star before yes. for us. And I just found it funny when I saw Jordan Martinuk's name out there. Yeah. I mean, he's been very good for us, no doubt. But it, he's kind of um, that player that I think... Everybody knows that he doesn't have a lot of skill, but he has a lot of work ethic, a lot of drive in his game. And I think a lot of people like that. And this might be another, I believe it's the player's name that was read several um, seasons ago, John Scott, I believe, for Buffalo. He was kind of like that folk hero in the All-Star game. I kind of think of Marnook as that same type of player. Yeah, in the situation, I have no problem with Martinuk getting in. I, I honestly think when you look at what he did last season versus this season, he's clearly taken so many steps forward. I think him playing with Stahl has just been fantastic for him, and I think that line has been good. And in reality, there is really nobody on that line that's a goal scorer, but they're scoring goals and they're getting points. They're shutting down other teams' top lines. I really think what's great about this roster now, especially with patches coming back. Um, you you have four lines you can roll. I mean, in reality, right, with what Coach Kinyemi should be able to do on a fourth line, you have Coach Kinyemi, when healthy, you would have Coach Kinyemi, Seth Jarvis, Stefan Nason. Oh my goodness, that should be the best fourth line in the National Hockey League. With a third line of Stahl, Boss, Martinuk, second line, Stasny, Svech, and Natchez. And then a first line of Teravinen, Aho, and Pacioretty. I find it very hard to believe that there is another team in the National Hockey League who can have four have an offense that deep. So I think Carolina's offense is extremely deep. So if you can get everyone starting to click, you would you would imagine that our fourth line at the very least could, should should take advantage of other teams' fourth lines. The skill there is just through the roof. Exactly, and I've really liked KK's game within probably the last couple of weeks. I think he's really elevated his game. And what's interesting, when you were numbering the lines, um, 
it Brendan Moore, he actually had Tara Vinan playing with KK and now Nason's out. Yeah. But reports from Brendan Moore says that it's not serious. It it's not long term, which is good because I love Nason. He's a net front guy on the power play, so yeah, you would want him back for sure because he's on that first power play unit. Yes, which was replaced by Max Pacioretty. And I expect Pacioretty to stay on that first line. Um, I'm just not sure who comes. I, I, I mean, you might want to put Pacioretty on the second, but it's hard for me to justify taking Pacioretty off, mainly because of what his, the potential that he brings is, is so high. Yeah, the especially caliber. On, yeah, especially on that one timing slot. Uh, we saw him, he took a pretty good shot against Columbus on that second goal he scored. It was redirected, but it was a quick shot. So he's the guy who can find those holes. And he's that skilled to, to be able to score. So he's already got two in two games. You know, that's just the kind of... That's what you expect from Patrick. Exactly. So let's get to the games now. Kane's at Rangers. Ooh. This was... I mean, toward the end of it, I wasn't that disappointed in Hurricanes because... Coming into Madison Square Garden, it's never been easy for the Hurricanes. And I think every Hurricanes fan at least was aware that the point streak might end tonight. Not just the point streak, but the 11-game win streak. So we'll start with the first period. As Brent Burns, he scores from Stasny and Slavin. Uh, that was a pretty good goal as uh, there was a bit of a scrum out in front of Chesterkin and Burns, I believe, kind of taps it in. I believe that's the goal. So, you know, I, I, the goal itself wasn't nothing, in my opinion, of all that great. It's really what happened before the goal. You had such hard work from Stasny and Slavin. And I think this just shows that Paul Stasny has been unreal lately he's not scoring goals but he's making he's getting points he's working that first line like i love kk i really do i think his i think his ceiling is top six i really do i think he if he really tried and really worked at it he could be a number one center on teams that don't have players like aho but i think really on this team he can be that number two center i think he's got that talent and skill and ability to do it it's just not showing yet well, it's not there yet, and he's 22 years old, so yeah. he's still young. Absolutely, and we have him for eight years. So, you know, I think that's fantastic. You have a number two center. Worst case, number three center for eight years. It's hard to get that at that price, given what we paid Stahl for the last three years. So say if he replaces Stahl for that production, that's not small, but he can shut down people on that third-line center. I'm okay with that, too, at the price that we're paying him. But in the interim, Paul Stastny is playing great. He's getting points. He's playing well defensively in his own zone. He's playing well in the O zone. You have a lot of good... You're getting a lot from Stastny. And in this game, it's just another example. He helps and sets up that Burns goal. Stastny could have taken the shot. Or he could have gone for the goal. He knew better, and he went and Burns got the goal. The tap-in goal, like you said. So I just I like what I'm getting from Stastny. I like his hockey sense. And this is what I believe. It took Stasny a little while. I mean, it did. It really did. I mean, I think a lot of fans were kind of in agreement with Adam Gold. It's rare I disagree with him. Gold said Stasny should have been waived. And I think it would have been hard to argue with him logically. I couldn't. I just, I love Stasny. And I wanted to keep giving him a chance. So I feel as though in this case, I've been vindicated with Paul Stasny. 
He is coming into himself. He's playing really, really well here in Carolina now. He is at number two center. Um, I think this game shows that he's that good because that wasn't the only point he had. He's, he hacked it in on their second goal. Yes, he did. I think the uh, biggest test for stats, and I think it kind of goes for just a lot of these players that we had, is w- the playoffs. Yeah. Were they going to be like during the playoffs? Because we know this team, I mean, they're still first in their division. No time to panic after losing three games in a row. Really no time to panic. Oh, no, but you know Rob Brandenmore doesn't want to coach the All-Star game, so they'll probably fall out, right? That was such <laughs> a funny car- comment. Yeah, that was funny. That'd be cool to see that. Uh, that'd be funny. But no, I know it's not true, but kind of humorous. It is humorous. But I, there's no time to panic with this team. I know they've lost three games in a row, but they're still at the top of the division. And Tuesday's game is going to be huge against New Jersey. Because if you lose that, especially in regulation then you're kind of now starting to be in the mix of maybe dropping down to second place. Because if you look at the Metro division, it it is the top six teams that are in the mix of a playoff position. Like, the Metro has been scary. Now, the only thing I think of all those teams that I don't think makes a playoff are the Islanders because I don't think they have the talent up front. I love their goaltending. I love their defense. I love Ryan Pollock. I love Adam uh, Pellick. And uh, there's another defense, Noah Dobson. He's another good, solid defenseman, too. Alexander Romanov. I love their defense. But I don't know if they have the offense to compete and go to the playoffs. With Pittsburgh, they have actually not been doing well, but they still have Crosby and Malkin, and I'm never going going to doubt Pittsburgh until those players leave or retire. Yeah, for sure. I just, uh, we'll see. I still believe Washington doesn't make the playoffs. I think they're doing good now, but I don't think they make the playoffs. Interesting. Well, I mean, we'll we'll see how the Metro... Even though they get back Backstrom and Wilson, I don't think they make the playoffs. Interesting. I don't. I think they're old. I don't think Ovechkin cares about anything other than trying to score goals, which means if he has a chance to shoot, he's going to take it, not what's better for the team. And maybe at times that's going to be fine, but I mean, I think even if they make it, they squeak in. Whoever they play is going to take them out in at least six. I, I don't think Washington's good. I, I don't think Darcy Kemper is able to play in this system. I just I don't think that. Um, Washington's I don't think they're better than Pittsburgh I kind of think they're kind of in the same boat as Pittsburgh though especially I mean I mean, maybe but I feel like Pittsburgh has a lot more pieces and maybe like goaltending better than I like Washington's I just don't think Darcy Kemper's as good as they expected him to be I don't like Trist- I don't like Tristan Jari but I don't know. I'd rather have Kemper than Jari, but I mean that. Those two teams are just very similar right now, due to the age, due to them having legendary players. You have a Veshkin with, 
Ovechkin and Backstrom basically with Washington, and then Malkin and Crosby with Pittsburgh, and they all and they have that one defenseman that they really like, Latang Carlson. Yeah, they're very similar. They are. We'll see what happens there. Again, I mean, it's impossible that both of them make it. I mean, I, I think one of either New York Islanders. Thing is, right now, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rangers, Islanders, Caps, or Pens missed. So you think New Jersey makes the playoffs? I do. I do. I really do. I do, too. Yeah, they're they're number two, but they're a scary team. New Jersey is so good because they're so fast, and that's the problem there. It's hard to beat a team that's extremely fast. I mean, just, uh, just as an example, right now Pittsburgh's on the outside looking in. The only next team closest to them is Philadelphia at 37 points. Pittsburgh's got 44. That's not, you know, they're not going to make, you know, Philadelphia's out, as is Columbus. They're, they're not really in it. Um, Tortorella's going to absolutely push that team. I, I think they could be, I, I think they're going to be in a conversation up to the last month or two of the playoffs of a team that's trying to hang in, because that's Tortorella. That's, that's their coach. But Washington, so we have Pittsburgh at 44, Islanders at 46, Caps at 50, and the Rangers at 51. That's so, they're all close. And then we're up top at 57, and New Jersey's at 53. So I just, I don't see. I think Carolina wins the division. I still believe we're the best team in the division. I don't think New York really has a chance anymore. I think they're just so inconsistent. And New Jersey's been very good all season they've only they've had like one stretch of bad hockey expected from even the best teams so i'd like to see what happens here um i'd like washington to miss but that's because i hate ovechkin i hate the caps and everything about their organization i think a lot of canes fans would agree with you though because i mean i hate washington i hate new york too but i don't hate them as much as i hate washington boston and washington are i think at the top of most I think Kane's fans list of hated teams. And I think it's that I think it's that way from Boston's that way for most fans. I, I don't think a lot of people like Boston either. Yeah, no, no. We love you, our Boston <laughs> fan listeners. I know you listen to us and come out of the woodwork when we play you guys. Hey, hey I have a friend who's a Boston fan. I'm so, so sorry. Oh my gosh. Well, let's get back to the Rangers game. So it's it's one to nothing, Carolina. But then they make a penalty. It was the hooking on Sebastian Ajo. And it is Jacob Truba scoring on the power play. Now, this goal I didn't really mind because this was a very weird goal. It, it got tipped off. I, I, I believe it got tipped like twice. And it went through Kachekov, who started this game. And it's tied one to one. And then Netchus receives an excellent pass from Svechnikov, and he scores on a one timing position uh, right in the high danger area of chances, which is good because you need to score on those. And it's 2 1 Carolina. And I thought the first period was the best period for this Canes team. And this is a theme that I think we're going to need to be talking about and the fact that Carolina, they start all these games pretty good. They really do. Now, second period, I think, um, is a little bit more of a battleground for this 
team, but they still, I think, do good in the second period. The problem with Carolina, and I think I've heard Adam Gold say this, I believe we are minus nine in the goal differential in the third period. So the Hurricanes are having are struggling hard in the third period of finishing games. Which is which is abnormal. Carolina's been a third period team the last few seasons. But like I said, my hope is this tough this, you know, and and her team that hasn't definitely has not shown their best hockey yet, consistently best hockey other than that stretch you now that was a 17 game stretch, which was amazing. That that was record-setting awesome for a team that has not even in that stretch i don't think has played their best game their best you know hockey game yet we're okay i do i think we're okay i was concerned like i knew everyone was concerned when we had that stretch where we just kept, could not win and over time we could not win in regulation no matter what we did we just couldn't win and i think if you were concerned like i was i think being angry and frustrated was justified this team shouldn't have been where they were we were in like a wild card spot i think at one point that's not that's not what this team is but i i believe that the team will will start playing their best hockey i do i think we'll become that third period team we are our penalty kill has been better i don't think it's been good this week it's been okay our power plays looked better so we're scoring a little bit more. I think Pacioretty being on that power play is going to help. I do, too. And I think, I mean, we've scored power play goals, I believe, throughout the uh, these, well, not in the Rangers game, but we did sc- score a power play goal in the Predators game and the Blue Jackets game, I believe. Yes, we did. It was a second Pacioretty goal in the Columbus game which was a power play. But I, I I think even with those power play goals, I don't think the power play has been very good. And, and the reason why is because, especially in, in the Columbus game, which we'll get to, um, is that the second power play unit, to me, seems to be better than the first power play unit. And I think part of that, too, is because you have new blood in the uh, the first power play unit with Patrick Reddy being in there. So I think it's probably going to take time to adjust with Patrick Reddy being in there. But once he adjusts, I think he's going to be fantastic. Yeah, for sure. It takes some time. And already two games, and he's looking really good. So I'm not. Uh, I'm not complaining. Yes. So we head into the second second period. It is 2-1. Carolina is leading. And then it is Benajad who scores and ties it. That was not a good goal. Uh, because if you remember that goal, Sam, we all thought that that was going to be a pass to Zabinajad, who was wide open right in front of Kachekov. And it was a pass, but Kachekov just let that go in five-hole. And that was a problem for Kachekov. He should have made that save. You can't let pucks go through you. Yeah. That is the biggest thing. If they're tipped, there's not much you can do. But you cannot let pucks just go straight through you, and that's what happens. And to be honest, I blame the Hurricanes' defense on that situation, too, because the Benadrav was all alone in front of Kachekov. Where was everybody? Yeah, no, that wasn't a good goal. To allow, I really, I really feel like this game, Carolina, just kind of 
showed that they were tired. And they weren't they mentally. Did. They weren't mentally in this game, and 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 it's expected. They they won what eleven straight. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not here to get angry over this loss, and nor over upset with this team. You know, Kochetkov came back. I think was this Kochetkov? This is Kochetkov. So Kochetkov comes back this game. I can't get mad at that. I I can't get mad at that either. Um, what's interesting is I thought we. Sh- Kind of, I mean, I liked that Kachekov came back, but I probably would have still rode Ronsa into this game because we know Hurricanes at Madison Square Garden it is usually a very hard game, and I would have rode Ronsa into that game, but I really don't think it would have mattered either way. I really don't. Because, I mean, Ronsa... His last game before this Rangers game was the New Jersey game. And he let in a few soft goals too, obviously, during that New Jersey game. I thought there were there were a couple. I thought the two yes for Brackles I didn't really like. But we put Kachekov into the net during the Rangers game and he let some five goals. I really don't think it would have mattered whether it was Kachekov or Ronta, though, in this Rangers game. I still think the Rangers would have won, and they certainly did with Kachekov. Now, good thing is that Carolina was able to tie it up or actually get ahead, my bad, with Jalen Chatfield scoring from Tara Vinan. And that was an excellent, I think, slap shot from the point um, to get that goal for Carolina to be up three to two. And I didn't think the Hurricanes played their best game in the second period, but I thought they played good enough to where they were able to get a lead heading into the third period, which was really good. I was a little bit optimistic. And then in the third period, it was all Rangers. It really was. I didn't think the Hurricanes played all that good at all in that third period. You have Panarin scoring on Kachekov and Miller, and then Heedle gets the empty nets. Yeah, yeah. It was. Um, it just. It just wasn't meant to be for Carolina to continue. But it was expect. You know, you're going to lose at some point. Yes, and let's get this over with. Late in the third period, though, Jordan Martinuk. And I was a little bit furious with this penalty. I think a lot of people, even Adam Gold said the officiating was not good. And I agree. The officiating, I didn't think, was good for the Hurricanes at all. Now, I do think there were a couple of times where I thought we had a break where we got a power play. But officiating was not good and i think what really resonated during that rangers game was jordan martin getting called for playing a broken stick that was like what the heck he never even had a chance to know it was broken he, he, it's such a fast game how was he able to know you gotta have feel when you're a ref like come on and you gotta know when it's a, a player like when when it's a player like Martin Ugg, like come on, man, you, you know that's not how he is. No, it re- I mean it really isn't, and I mean I think Martinuk personality wise, I I do think he's a great player. He motivates 
the team. There's a reason why he has an A on his jersey. Yeah. But I don't understand how you call a penalty there. On, And it was just so quick, too, because, I mean, if if you're a Hurricanes fan and you're sitting that close to the ice, you know the game is completely different than it is sitting up in the nosebleeds because it is so freaking fast. Yep. And calling a penalty that quickly on Martinuk when he didn't really have enough time to realize that the stick was broken, that's just, no. I did not like that penalty whatsoever. Now, the next game we'll get to, Nashville. I had an issue with one player, um, Ekholm, but we'll we'll just go ahead and get to that game right now, in fact, because... Um, Canes lose in their 17-game point streak, 11-game win streak, comes to an end against the Rangers. So let's go to the Predators game. And you're coming home. You're angry. You should. And I'm going to be honest. I thought Carolina played a good game. I really don't have an oh, – I really don't. I know you have more issue with their defense. I honestly didn't have a problem with with how the Hurricanes played this game, except for one player, Kachetkov. Well, actually, I thought Kachekov's game, um, his worst game, I thought, was against the Nashville game. Now, I didn't think he played good against the Rangers, but I thought there were more defensive issues against the Rangers than there was for the Nashville game. What were you doing? Okay, do not mess with our board game. (laughs) For you guys just knowing, we are recording on the table that we used to play games on. We're playing Access and Allies and all that type of stuff. So, he's losing. Okay, yeah, we we don't need to get into that game right now. (laughs) But, the Nashville game, we, we start out, it is Stasny scoring from Pesci and Taravainen, and that was... The uh, goal that was a power play goal. Great shot from Pesci. And it goes off of Stasny's um, skates, I believe. Or leg. Might have been leg too. And it goes into the net. And that's just kind of what I'm like. After that, I was like, oh my goodness. I think we're going to throttle them. I thought, you know, this is going to be like 7 8 nothing, You know, we're, we're just not going to show them any mercy. Well, this isn't Edmonton. <sighs> I just, but that's kind of the way the game had felt. Then we took a penalty. I, I thought it was. I, I didn't like the call. Um, in general, I, 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 there's like two penalty, two calls I didn't like in this game. It was the first one when Nashville scores in the power play. I did not like that call. I thought that was a bad call. And then I did not like the embellishment call on Code Kinyemi. Like, oh dear God, he speared him. How how is that how is that embellishing? So I thought when you call him and look, that's so how it's, it's what's going to make me angry is when you call embellishment. That's the easiest way to get me animated at a hockey game. It's the easiest way to get me to start yelling and cussing and going absolutely ballistic is when you call embellishment because it is rarely ever the right call. Rarely ever the right call. On occasions, absolutely, yeah, you can tell when a player's acting. This wasn't it. He got speared. That's a penalty. If anything, it should have been a suspension. You don't do that. It's dirty. It's dangerous. He didn't embellish the call. Those are the only two. In general, overall, yes, the officiating of this game was fine. I had no problem with it. It was two calls I didn't like. 
Well, it, it was the embellishment, and then there was the Ekholm incident, where Ekholm was going at it with um, Natchez. Natchez. Yeah, I mean, Natchez took some shots at him, too. Look, if you want to let him play, I'm all for letting him play. There's going to be some extracurriculars. You know what? Let him do it. I'm okay with it. Just even, right? If if, Karen, if Ekholm's taking shots at Natchez, and then Natchez's taking shots at Ekholm, you don't call Natchez. And then not call Ekholm. Well, if you're a member, and I don't think it was, um, or maybe it was K, maybe it was KK, um, that he was taking a run at. I thought it was Netris. I'm looking through the penalties here, but either way, either, um, I think it was Netris. I really do. But he gets pushed into the Nashville bench. And I saw that, yeah. I mean, I didn't really mind the hit into the bench, but what afterwards, he pushed him again in the bench and he a little bit speared him. Yeah. Ref, do your job. Call it. That is completely one interference after hitting him against letting him stay in the uh the bench, yeah. Bench. And then you take a whack at him with your stick? Come on. Do your job. And that's all I'm going to say about officiating. Because I don't think, when you talk about officiating during games, it should not go unsilenced. Yeah. But I think you need to acknowledge it and then move on. And that's just on my case. I know for you, you like to talk about officiating more and more. Mm -hmm. You love it. And Listen, if you like it, go ahead. For me, it's like beating a dead horse. But I just wanted to acknowledge that because I was like, the ref needs to do his job and call that out. But that was my only issue with the officiating during that game. So it's one to nothing, Carolina. And they score, I believe they score pretty early during, yeah, it was like around the 13-minute mark. I guess not really. That early, but then a few minutes after that, Carolina, I mean, Teravainen, he takes a tripping penalty, and I think that kind of gave Nashville life. Yeah, it did, definitely. And that was when Philip Forsberg scored on Kachekov, and the problem with that, I mean, one, I think you could blame the defense there, but this was on the power play for Nashville. So, I don't really blame the defense hugely because they had to cover their man. And and usually, and this is usually what happens when it comes to two-on-one, is that you usually take the player who has the puck, you leave the goalie up to him while you cover the other players. So, I didn't really mind the defense too much of letting... I mean, you still don't like... The Nash uh, Forsberg coming up yeah. and scoring on Kachekov like that, but you are on the penalty penalty kill, so you already have one man down in that situation. But Kachekov, he made himself so small, and mm-hmm. Trip, I thought, um, was ha- explained this perfectly, and the fact that Kachekov he made himself so small that he left an opening, um near his shoulder up top. And that's how Forsberg scored. He scored right 
below the crossbar above Kachekov's shoulder. So it's one-to-one heading into the second period. But you still think Carolina was doing great. In fact, the shots during that first period uh, was 18-7 to for Carolina. They were dominating, I thought, throughout the whole game. Yep, I agree. Second, second period, you have Brady Shea scoring very quickly from Pesci and Natchez. Uh, that was a great goal. That was 35 seconds into the second period. And Carolina is once again back on top. It was just a very great goal. And unfortunately, it is Ekholm that scores, who has, ever since I thought him scoring, he was booed every time he touched the puck that game. Yeah. And that was also not a great goal to allow on Kachekov. So what do you think so far of this natural game? Because you were actually there. It was a frustrating game. Because it was just chance after chance after chance. Svechnikov probably could have scored a hat trick. Batcher, I mean, it's just so many shots. And I texted a friend of mine, and I texted him. I was like, this is vintage Carolina Hurricanes hockey. You just have so many shots on goal, and you can't finish it. Yeah. And that's just been the story of the season. That's why you're last in goals, expected goals for, right? Um, because of, you know, you're number one in chances, you're last in finishing them. And then that game just kind of reiterated that, unfortunately. Yeah, so, I mean, the rest of the set, I mean, second period was pretty active in terms of goal scoring. Uh, you had stall scoring from Foss and Marnook. That was such a great goal from Stahl of just kind of narrowly shooting that puck um, off to the, um, I believe, blocker. I believe it was blocker side of Soros. Who Soros played an excellent game. Oh, absolutely. Soros was unbelievable. And unfortunately, that was the last goal for Carolina. And then Cody Glass scores. Did not like the Glass goal. And I didn't really like the Yankowski goal either. Both goals I did not like. And unfortunately, to top it off, in that Nashville game, is it is Colton Sissons who scores on the empty net. And it is 5-3 Nashville wins that game. Frustrating. Very frustrating. And you want to know the total shots, too? Do I have to? 67 <laughs> shots. Yeah. Which is funny. Because that is the number that Max Pacioretty wears. Yeah, I know. I saw that. I thought that was interesting, too. And before this game even started, this was a bit of an emotional game for the Hurricanes as well. You're getting a guy back onto the ice for the first time this season, Max Pacioretty, who I thought played a very good game. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, also emotional in the fact that you had a former Hurricane player Nino Niederreiter, coming back. Yep. And he was very popular amongst the team and the fans, and everybody just adored Nino. I know I saw the tribute video that the Hurricanes gave him. It was just really wonderful. And Nino even stood up from his bench and just um, 
thanked everybody by raising a hand and all that type of stuff. It was amazing. It really was. So, it, I mean, it was a bit of an emotional game for Carolina. I mean, maybe that was part of why they lost was it was a bit of an emotional game. But, I mean, it's still a game you need to show up. So I don't really think the emotional side of it was the reason why you lose. But it was in that third period, especially late that third period, where Nashville didn't even have any zone time in our end. And we were just pouring shots on and I thought it, and I thought Svetch was going to tie it. But Saros came out and stopped it with his skate. Now, and to me, when he didn't score on that, I was like, Carolina's not going to tie it. UC Saros was just elite. I mean, that was probably the best game of his career. He just, unless it was tip deflected or just impossible, if there was a possibility for him to make the save, he made the save. He was great, and I'll give Soros. I really will. I will give Soros a lot of credit there. He did very good. Yes, he did. And here's the thing: when it comes to games like this, where you have 67 shots, I don't really blame the offense because you can't control the other team's goaltender. You really can't. The biggest thing is getting those chances, and yes, you need to convert them and all that type of stuff. But 67 shots, it's hard to blame your offense for that game. It was your goaltending and a little bit of your defense. And I think this is part of the reason why the Hurricanes have not played this good is they haven't really played that Carolina-branded type of hockey. I think they've been unorthodox in their play. I think they need to get back to more of a defensive, structured game. That's their forte. Mm -hmm. Which is why you're allowing like five goals, five or four goals every game. Sadly, yes. Even in the New Jersey game, I thought Carolina didn't really play their game because they let in four goals. And a couple of them, or I would say quite a few of them, um, your defense kind of let your goalie out to dry, even though the goaltending hasn't been good. And when your defense and goaltending isn't that good, it's really, really hard to win a game because you – because the Canes, if you look at this offense, yes, Max Pacioretty, he's back in the lineup. But the system that Brennan brings to this team is a very defensive structure type of play. So you can't really rely too much on your offense. You're going to have to rely probably a little bit more on your defense and your goaltending. And when you don't do that... I think the offense is, I don't think it's overrated, but the offense cannot carry this team. It has, it honestly has to be, I think, your defense, because I think Carolina's strength is their their blue line, not their offense. It's their blue line, which is the strength for this Hurricanes team. And if you can get the goaltending going, I think you're a very solid team. It's just you can't rely on the offense because of Brandon Moore's system with this team. Yeah, yeah it, 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 It's really the defensive makeup that really 
shines for this team. Yeah, and I honestly feel a lot, too, that Carolina's offense is elite, though. Oh, it is. I mean, they scored three goals on 67 shots. I mean, I think if you score three goals, I think you can win a few games. Mm-hmm. I think you can win a few share. I think I, I think in today's day in the NHL, though, I mean, there's a youth movement right now. And with that youth movement, I mean, you see guys like Kale McCarr, Connor McDavid. I still think McDavid and Dreisaitl are very young. Matthews, Marner, Rantanen. I mean, McKinnon, he's kind of entering in his prime right now. But you, you have all these good young talent. It's kind of becoming a little bit more of an offensive game. So, I mean, three goals, you're going to win your fair share of games, but you're probably aim for four or five, the way the NHL is trending yeah. right now. And I think what makes this Canes team good, though, is I think their defense, when they're on their game, they're a top three team in the league in terms of defense. Definitely, for sure. So I think that helps with, I mean... It definitely helps with not finishing your chances because you're not allowing much. But you got to, and I, it's not like I'm blaming Brennan or anything. But I, I've always wondered with the play, with the offensive players and the offensive capabilities that this team has, maybe he could open his system up a little bit more for creative freedom. Yeah. Now, I think the only player that tries to do some creative freedom is Natchez, because you can see him. He tries so hard to go on his own into the rush, in the transition game from defense to offense. I'm sure you Canes fans have seen that Natchez, he actually tries, Natchez and Svetch, and a little bit of Ajo, but Natchez and Svetch, they really tried to go in all alone. They tried kind of to be like that that McDavid, basically, of just trying to dominate, going into the offensive zone and scoring. I mean, it, it doesn't – we haven't really seen it work yet. I think we've seen it work a couple times in previous seasons for Svechnikov. I think of the – a Vancouver game, I believe it was last, no, two seasons ago, I believe, where Svech comes in and makes a complete power move and scores top shelf on Thatcher Demko. Um, but we haven't really had that player to do it. Now, you, you could say that, well, we don't have the player that can be that McDavid, which, I mean, McDavid, nobody, nobody can be him. Has McDavid, yeah. You're not gonna, the next player that's going to come anywhere close to be better or equal to is Bedard, and he's probably going to, um, and he's probably going to end up in Chicago or Philadelphia, Columbus. Well, Columbus, Chicago, maybe Arizona, but Arizona, Arizona's not looking horrible. No, they're not. So I don't know if they're going to get Bedard, but I don't think they want Bedard. I, I still think they want Austin Matthews. And from my understanding, what I've kind of heard is that Matthews is asking somewhere around $15 million. Well, that's going to depend on the cap go, on the cap situation for the next couple of years, which we've heard, obviously, the cap, not this offseason, but the next offseason, is predicted to go up a lot. So maybe 
Maybe during that time he gets fifteen million, but well, even that's, then, that's a lot. Contracts up this year. I think this is last season in, in Toronto. Uh, but Coyotes have the money. No, he's he, he's coming off of the same year as Aho. Okay. The I mean, Arizona's got the money. I think you know they they can literally tell the man, look, look, you come here, you're not gonna have the pressure of the Toronto media. You're the hometown boy. Back home. Well, I mean, we'll see. So let's get to the final game, Columbus. What's funny is I heard a uh, report on this game uh, from some Hurricanes user saying that all you need to stop is Johnny Gaudreau, and then you're fine. No, no, not at all, because Johnny Gaudreau didn't have a damn goal. No, he didn't. There, there was only one player for Columbus that scored, and he scored a hat trick yeah. against us, which we'll get to. So first period, pretty much nothing. I thought Carolina played a very good 40 minutes of hockey. I thought first and second period, they were p- pretty good. But I didn't think they were as dominant as they were in the Nashville game. And I guess you could say with the Nashville game, they had the home ice advantage, which... I will not argue with you there. I think Carolina, when when they play here at the PNC Arena, I think the fans really help them a lot uh, with winning games because PNC can be loud, especially during playoff time. Yeah, for sure. So, Canes, I didn't think they played as dominant as they did against Nashville, but I still think they played a good four... I still think overall they played a good 40 minutes, but again, it's your goaltending that has not been good. And Hurricanes started with Ronta because, and, and we all know why Brenda Moore started Ronta. I think it was because Kachekov has led in 10 goals in the past few games. You definitely don't want that. You really don't. But I was actually a little surprised. And you and I, we talked about this last night. We were surprised that Ronta started this game. And it was because Columbus, they're dead last in this division. This might be a good game for Kachekov to build up confidence. Now, this is where you and I might, I think we disagreed on the fact of what's going on with Kachekov right now. You don't think it's his confidence that's the issue, right? I just think he's, I just think when you get to a point where you haven't played a lot, in a while, I think it just takes a little time to get some rust shaken off. So, I, I don't know if it's confidence. I just feel like he oozes confidence. So, and I'm, a, I, you know, he's a young goalie. So, you know, having that long break in between games probably just wasn't good for him. But um, I would be more concerned if we go in like another two or three starts from him and he doesn't show up. But I mean, also, we're supposed to be getting Anderson back in the next week. So. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I think Kochetkov's going to be fine. I'm not really concerned about Kochetkov. Not even a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I would say right now, to me, with Kochetkov, I might be a little bit cautious with him. But I do think there, there are definitely two contributing factors. I think it's confidence, because he is a young goalie. And I think... When you're a young goalie, you, uh, I think conf- your, your confidence isn't as stable as it is in veterans. And I think another thing, too, 
is kind of like what you just said. He hasn't played in such a long time. He's a young goalie. It's going to take more time for him to get used to playing games at his age uh, to get back to where he was when um, he... Because the the last game he played before the Rangers game was the New Jersey game. Yeah, and he got dinged up. Yo, and and Kachekov might not still be 100% yet either. So that's that is that's that possibility as well. Maybe, but he's more stable than Ronto. I never yeah, think sure. I never think Ronto's 100% when he plays <laughs> for us. No, yeah, for sure. No, that's true. Absolutely true. He's made a glass. Yes. Um so I mean first period nothing but then second period that's when all the goal scoring pretty much happens. Yeah. You have Marchenko scoring on the power play twice. Yeah. Twice. And those two goals I didn't really like uh for Ronta. Really didn't. Ronta did not have his best game. For sure. Um, well, okay. I would say probably. I think it was the first goal that was the wraparound goal. Yeah, no, you want to have that. You want to have that. He moved pretty slow to get post to post, so that's not good. Well, I mean, so the same goal was scored on him. I believe it was the because uh, another player did that on Ronta. I'm gonna find that game because I do know it might have been the Boston game where I believe. Or maybe not. No, it was New Jersey. Nico Hiche. I remember now. Nico Hiche scored on a bit of a wraparound goal. And when I saw this wraparound goal on Marchenko, I was like, okay, Ronta isn't that fast or is or he can't maneuver well between post to post. Yeah. He just can't, which to me makes sense. And to be honest, whenever he does it, I am concerned because I think he has broken something in his leg. Because <laughs> I am really concerned about his health. During during an entire game when Ronta plays, I always am concerned if he ever has to stretch his legs or anything to make a safe. I'm like, can he get back up? Does he need life supports? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I get it. Uh, it's unfortunate, but... Um... Yeah, I, but, I mean, Columbus also came prepared today. I don't know, I came prepared that game. So I'm also going to give that player a lot of credit as to our hat trick is impressive. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. And he's a rookie. So good for him. Honestly, I, I, I'm, I'm really happy for Columbus. And I think part of it, too, is that there isn't really a lot of reasons to hate Columbus. Because Columbus, I mean, they had a good playoff run um, when they beat Toronto in the play-in series. But other than that, they really haven't had a lot of success. So there's not really a reason to hate Columbus. It's good for him to score that hat trick. Yeah, and I honestly have a lot of... I've, my family's from Ohio, too. So And I like Columbus. I don't have a problem with ah, I like their cannon. So that's why. <laughs> I Your like family's their, from Ohio. I like their cannon, so I think it's cool. Yeah, and well, it's funny. When I was watching this, I wasn't watching this game with Sam. But when Colum- when Marchenko scored his second goal on the power play, which Ronta should have had that second goal, the wraparound goal I didn't have much of an issue with. I don't think Ronta's that fast of a goalie anyways. But that second goal I didn't like. But right when 
This was before that second goal. I see your text of a cannon <laughs> going off. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, no. What did you do? And you ruined that game for me. <laughs> because you were ahead. Were you listening to it on the radio? Yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. But Columbus scores 2 nothing, And that's when... I started to be like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Canes are, can't lose in regulation against Columbus. You just can't. But they don't lose in regulation, which is good. So at least they get a point out of it. But Pacioretty, second game, he scores from Jarvis and Shea. Now, there was a lot of good luck in that goal because that was tipped off of a Columbus's stick. Um, I can't remember. It might have been Pellet. Well, no, no, not Pellick. Uh, I can't remember the defenseman for Columbus. But it goes off of his stick, and it kind of flies into the net, and and it goes in somehow. So there's a little bit of luck, good fortune for the Hurricanes. But you know what? He earned it. Patch Reddy's been excellent, and it's 2-1. to one. Columbus is still winning, but then Chase scores from Stastny. So Stastny, I thought he had a pretty good week overall. He's had, what, what, three assists? Or, no, no, three assists and one goal this week, Paul Stastny said. So he had a very good week. Oh, absolutely. Very quiet, sneaky good week. Yes, well, Paul Stastny, he's never been a huge finesse type of player for us. He's been a very good, stable Mm-hmm. Center, who I think it's his playmaking abilities that really shine Absolutely. more than his shooting. Absolutely. But it is now tied two to two, and then we get on the power play, and Pacioretty scores again. It kind of tips off of Columbus's pad. Um, it was Corpusalo that was the net. And it goes into the net. So, Patrick has two goals. We're winning, heading into the third period. And I'm sure you and I are thinking, okay, Carolina, they could win this. They could win. No. Mm-mm. Third period, Marshenko gets his hat trick. Yeah. Didn't like that goal either. It was just an unfortunate set of circumstances. The game was... Uh, they, they didn't look like they were... Other than a few players, I didn't really feel like Carolina was overly invested in the game. Well, the third period, I didn't think they played that good. Again, I think part of the reason why they didn't win a game this past week is because they have struggled finishing out games. But that was just a very unfortunate goal, and it goes right through Ronta. Yeah. I'm watching the highlight of that goal right now. It goes right through him. You you need to stop that. You need a save, and you're not getting it from your goalies at this point. But I I, I think if you start to check off more, you are going to get that. For sure. I really do. It's just a matter of getting the rust off of him and just playing him a little bit more, which, again, I was surprised Ron to start this game, but it's Brandon Moore's team. So... We get into overtime, and what's very weird about this overtime, it was not a three-on-three. Yeah, I know, because we had a small, we had about six seconds of power play time going into the overtime session, which kept it at uh, 
four on four the entire five minutes. And I don't really think either team was didn't really have any great opportunities, which is that's how it is on four on four. Yeah, you're not going to always get great chances. True. And then it goes into a shootout because nobody can get a goal during that overtime. And for, I'm telling you, three on three, though, in overtime, it is a completely different game. That's all I'm going to say. But it goes into a shootout. And boy, this was a journey of a shootout because Columbus scores their first two goals. Marchenko scoring and Lane scoring the exact same move on Ronta, which Ronta... I would think if you let the first move go goes in, okay, but same move twice. You would think on the second attempt he would have saved it, but no. So I, I was a little bit frustrated with Ronta on that Patrick Lon angle. But Carolina somehow is able to tie it with Fetch and Terravine and scoring. And I thought the Tavo goal, I thought that was more on Corbisalo not having his stick active in that situation. And unfortunately it is Kent Johnson scoring for Columbus. He's a very good rookie for them. He, he, he got drafted, I believe in the top five rounds in the 20, 21 draft, I believe, but he, he made a very stellar move on Ronta and he wins it for Columbus four to three. And those are the games for this week. Which it made me sad. What? It made me sad. It made me sad too. We should have won. It'd been nice to have won. Yes. So we're getting around to the hour mark, Sam. So let's do our final segment. We didn't. I didn't do it last week because it was just me. <laughs> but the 25th anniversary moments. I'll go first, and you know what? I'm going to talk about it because I want to feel good about some kind of a Columbus game. <laughs> I'm going to talk about how. Carolina on New Year's Day comes back from a was it a four goal deficit? I think in the was that the second, Montreal game? No, it was Columbus. This was last oh, Columbus year. Columbus game last year. Mentioned Trocheck. Carolina down by like four, and Carolina rattles seven goals to win it. I think or six to win it, like six to four or seven to four. To beat Columbus, it was a huge comeback, which set the tone for the 2022 finish of the season. Cherchek was one of the guys who scored. It was a really impressive game. It was one of those where it was we 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 embarrassed Columbus at home. Columbus went up by four, four, and Carolina ended up winning that game. I think seven to four or six to four. It was impressive. You gotta love that kind of fight that the, that team had. That just showed that resilience of the um, of the organization, of the players at that that was on that roster. Like I said, Trocheck was one of those guys who scored in that game. It was unique because you know you don't normally you know it's rare that you have a situation where you where you'll win a game like that, right? Um, yeah, it was seven to four. So the final ga- score of that game was seven to four. Zach Wawrinski, Adam Boquist, Gustav Nyquist, and Alexander Texier scored the four first four goals. Three in the first, one in the second. And that's all that she wrote for Columbus because then Carolina in the second period brought the game within two with Stevie Lawrence and Brady Shea making it four to two. And then in the third period, it was all Carolina. Brady Shea, Nino Nino Ryder, 
Ethan Bear, Stephen Lawrence again, and Andre Svechnikov with the seventh goal to give Carolina a 7-4 win on New Year's Day. Your three stars of that game were Brady Shea, Stephen Lawrence, and then one star for Gustav Nyquist. Carolina had 49 shots on goal to Columbus's 18. Face-off percentage, Carolina dominated. No one scored on the power play. You would think with the seven goals, someone would have scored on the power play. But at the end of the day, Carolina showed their resilience and that that team was, wasn't going to go away. I thought that was a pretty big game, a good way to start the 2022 year. Um, and it was a fun game. And it's something nice to think about, given we just lost to Columbus. Yeah, I was about to say that's great timing. Considering we just played at Columbus. And it was also... It was also Trip Tracy's, I think, one of his history moments that he has during intermissions, too. I think that was uh, the game that he chose to have for that segment. So, yeah. I, I remember that game. That was a great, excellent game. It was, a, it was quite a combat for the Hurricanes. So my one of my favorite moments, I don't think I've talked about this. Uh, if I did, very sorry. But one of my favorite moments, I was watching, I believe this was during the Dark Ages, as I like to call. But it was Jeff Skinner's first year with the Hurricanes. And he played very well. His first season... With the Hurricanes, I believe he got like 63 points for the Hurricanes. I believe it was. Let me check real quick here. Uh, Yeah, 63 points, 31 goals, and 32 assists. He was amazing. And one of my best moments was watching the NHL Awards, and Jeff Skinner wins the Calder Trophy, and he won against Logan Couture of San Jose, and another player, I can't remember. Oh, it was, um, he was for the Islanders, Michael Grabner. And he, he won, and that made me so happy because I have not seen a Hurricanes player win a trophy uh, for so long on TV that, I, that I've seen. And Jeff Skinner winning the Calder Trophy, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. So that was definitely one of my favorite moments during Hurricanes history. Uh, it, remember, if you like... Oh, wait, the, don't forget. Uh, what? Don't forget. So this is what we're going to do, because we always give our listeners the first chance at this. It's January. What does that mean? It's a new month, which means a new ticket giveaway. A new ticket giveaway. So let's go ahead and let people know. We are going to be giving away tickets to the Pittsburgh Penguins game. On a Saturday, so it's a nice game to take someone to. Um, easy game to go to on a weekend. We're giving it away. It's a 7 p.m. puck drop against rival Pittsburgh Penguins. Fourth game of four that we play against Pittsburgh. Chance to sweep the Penguins in the season series. We have not lost to Pittsburgh yet this year. And also, everyone who's won our ticket giveaway has gone to a win. So, pretty good record so far, right? Yes, So it is. How we tell people, we always give people the heads up, because we also want to give you guys an advantage to people who actually listen to the podcast. If you rate the podcast 
Like it on Twitter when we post, when we make the post. Like it on Instagram. That gets you three entries. So you have that little special one right there where if you leave a review on any of the platforms, you get another entry into the, uh, into the drawing. And you have to make sure that that review is in. So we're giving you the little extra tip. We let you know if you like it on Instagram and Twitter, on the tweet, and the post on Instagram. But here's your little chance. The people who listen to the podcast are favorite people. Make sure you leave a review. If you leave a good review, give us five stars, you get another entry into a chance to win tickets to see Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Tristan Jari, Jake Gensel, Chris Letang take on the Carolina Hurricanes on January 14th against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And Carolina will have a hopefully get a win, right? For, yes. for our for the lucky winner, um, the plan for this will be we will announce the winner. We will make the post on the eleventh, sometime during the eleventh. So pay attention, January eleventh, and we will announce the winner at the end of the Columbus Blue Jacket game on the twelfth. Hopefully, with a better result than when we played Columbus last time. Yes, definitely. So there's another chance for a giveaway. Remember, if you like this episode. And want to help us out? Please rate and subscribe so you never miss another episode. And it helps you this time. Might have another chance to win some tickets. Yes. Have a nice week, everybody. Bye.